0: Um, mothers and um, children have a special bond I think beyond just fathers have i think um, uh, I think there's a particular uh, quality about moms that I think children feel and also um, emotions that go along with that as versus fathers. I think fathers have a different role in their relationship with their children, so um, you know what example is You know, our oldest kind of left our home um, last September. We went to drop her off at UCLA, and I had a bet with my wife that she won't make it without seeing some um, tears in her eyes before we leave campus. So we had dinner with her, we're saying goodbye. We, I wanted to leave as quickly as possible. There's traffic coming from Westwood. It's a long drive. And you know, I worked all day. I wanted to go home, right? So, but for her, um, it's, I think it was doubly difficult or even more than that. It, um, but she did okay while she was on campus. So she kind of won the bet. But it took about, um, on our drive back on the 405, before we hit the South Bay curve, um, you know, uh, things broke down. (laughs) So we had to stop by Starbucks and like um, kinda uh, get a grip on things, but it's a special emotion that moms go through, I think, um, that they experience. And I see um, a mother's faithfulness as well in, in the life of a child, and how much parents and moms impact child's life, and particularly maybe as it relates to us as Christians, how they impact their spiritual life, their walk, and their life that leads to Christ. And I'm thankful. Um, My daughter is at, at school away from us, but she's growing spiritually. She's flourishing. And I believe that is mainly attributable for the work that my wife has done in her life. And the foundation that she gave her to go and just kind of flourish on their own. So it's, I think it's a, I'm very thankful and very thankful for God's th- um, faithfulness uh, to our family, to our children. And um, um, I give uh, first credit to God but all, uh, as well, but um, the work that God was able to do through my wife to our children. And you know, um, another man who has been impacted by Um, His mother um, was Charles Spurgeon. Uh, Spurgeon is called the Prince of Preachers, and he said this about his mom. It says, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the solemn words of my good mother. It was custom on Sunday evenings, while we were yet children, for her to stay at home with us, and we sat around the table and read verse by verse. She explained the scriptures to us, and... That was done, and then came the time of pleading. And the question was asked, how long would it be before we would think about our state? How long before we seek the Lord? Then came my mother's prayers, some of the words of prayers that we shall never forget, even when our hair is gray. I remember on one occasion, she prayed like this, Now, Lord, if my children go on their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish, that my soul must bear a swift witness against them in the day of judgment if they not lay hold of Christ. And she was pleading that she would take the punishment that they deserve for um, their sins. And she, uh, Spurgeon also went on to say, I am sure that in my early youth, no teaching ever made such an impression upon my mind as the instructions of my mother, Neither can I conceive that to any child. That can be done that can be one who will which have such influence over my young heart as the mother, who has so tenderly cared for my, her offsprings. Never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother. Certainly I have not the power of speech, which set forth right valuation of this choice, blessing the Lord bestowed upon me in making me, Son, one, a son of one who prayed for me. I think, and in, certainly in Charles Spurgeon's life, we see the faithfulness of one mother and the impact that he, she had in his life. And in Spurgeon continues to impact our lives, even Christians to this day. So it's, you know, it's easy to forget sometimes the impact of uh, mothers in this world Particularly godly Christian mothers, you know, parenting and motherhood is not just for those years when our children are in the home for 18 years and moves on. It is continuous, and it's continuous, and it has eternal impact. Right? What is taught by mothers to children today, and the effects that it has, in the outcome of their offspring's life—it is eternal. You know, I looked this up. You know, Mother's Day was enacted by Congress in this country in 1913. I looked up Mother's Day, (laughs) saw Wikipedia. Just about every country has Mother's Day. I mean, regardless of what type of religious background or they are run by a dictator or authoritarian types of government, just about every country celebrates some form of Mother's Day. Although there's one day, to celebrate and remember mothers around the world, it is often forgotten a true motherhood and the importance of it um, in our culture. You know, Paul also underscores in Ephesians 6 2 that children are to obey and we are to honor our mothers. It clearly says, honor your parents. You know, mothers are gift to us. And Bible declares parents and mothers are worthy of that honor. It is a reminder of God's love for us. So I want to focus today partly on um, the fifth commandment, um, Exodus 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that um, the Lord your God is giving you. It is the fifth commandment, and they often say it is the forgotten commandment. By large, I believe there's an undertoning um, and kind of degradation of parents in our culture. Right? In, our, in the ancient Near East, there was much higher regard for those in position of authority, particularly parents. Authority and obedience and honor are not necessarily very popular concepts today, but it was an important concept in the culture Um, in the past, right? There's also a kind of um, opposing trend in our culture where parents and their authority, it is kind of popular or kind of cool to stand against parents' authority and authority in general. And even the media, modern media, portrays kind of parents as kind of portrayed by... Um, characters like Homer Simpson, right, and kind of Al Bundys of the world, and it is portrayed in a not necessarily a respectable, honorable fashion. In the modern culture, it has been degraded to kind of, kind of bumbling, foolish characters. But as even in the Christian circles, you know, if you Google or you go to Amazon and look for books. On parenting children regarding things that are regarding children as versus regarding parents, there are far less. There are far less things written about honoring parents than raising children. Right? I think it also goes to see that adults write books, so it is, puts them in a um, different, different position. But in considering God's word and the value God puts on human relationships we have to consider this fifth commandment or the forgotten commandment as the first four our commandments are our relationship in light of God and this is the first of human relationships honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that God is giving you right there are two themes in the the ten commandments is that one is that they are human relation i mean um, a relationship toward god the relationship in terms of worship and secondly its human behavior human responsibility even ethics and behavior right. i think an obedience or understanding of this text is starts from the recognition of our parents of how they came about and who they are they first are, have been ordained by god And and in human terms also, they conceived us, bore us, nurtured us, cared for us, guided us, and as long as as we could remember, they had been there for us. And also, I want another thing to be remembered, this does not limit the pickability of parents who are necessarily good or righteous, or believing or unbelieving. The subject of parenting also, again, as I reiterated before, Paul reiterates almost exactly it verbatim, "says children obey your parents in the Lord? For this is right, honor your father and mother. And it may be well with you that you may live long in the land. Right. So I have three questions today um, regarding honoring parents. Is One is... What is honoring? Number two, second question, how to honor. And I'm going to give you a third question. What about honoring? Okay, We'll tackle all those three this morning. First, honoring means to show high esteem, respect to a person superior in standing, evidence or symbol of distinction. It also means to give weight, it's like a weight scale where one side is heavy and it's to tilt the scale, is to give weight um, in consideration. In scripture, it also is linked. Honor is also linked to, in Proverbs 15, 18, with humility. And also, secondly, verse 21 is linked to kindness. And third, uh, it's linked to grace, Proverbs 11. For most of us, we're not little kids. We're not under direct authority of our parents. Most of us are not in this group this morning, right? We have become men and women who are not under direct authority, but we are still offsprings and we have parents to honor as this text shows. And there's a clear biblical mandate for us to honor our parents with humility, with kindness, and with grace, so one thing we have to remember as we live out the gospel this text is an extension of us living out the gospel. I mean particularly if because um, Mother's Day is about we could focus on all that our mothers or parents have not done well. Even been hurt by them. I'll talk a little bit more about that. But Mother's Day is remembering what they have done good for us. But As Christians, as we live out the gospel, we have to remember even the words of Paul is that Paul said, I am a chief of sinners, right? Paul didn't say, like, he didn't consider other people when he made that statement. Otherwise, it would be false humility. There's no way for him to make that type of claim, right? He could probably find one person who was maybe worse than him. But Paul says that, he's able to say, say that because that is relative only in light of Christ. Right? Paul doesn't consider anyone else only but himself in light of Christ. Therefore, Paul's able to make that claim because what Christ has done for him. So in light of that, if we're able to make the same claim that Paul made, right, then we could make the same claim in our lives in relative to our parents. If we consider ourselves worst of sinners, we could honor any parents. Regardless of our judgment of how good or how poor of a job they did as parents, we could still honor them. Because another thing to remember, honor does not refer to a cowardice, fear, or servitude. It means to place high value or higher opinion. It's not to be a servant of them. It's to give weight. You know, in today's modern society, we give more weight to like athletes, entertainers, politicians, maybe even teachers and pastors. And Bible demands that here. Right. And God takes this very seriously. And as we understand this commandment, this command to us, it doesn't necessarily mean that we, as adults, we don't necessarily obey them all the time. We don't necessarily agree with them all the time. But yet, we could still honor them. Right. So second question, how to demonstrate honor. So I'm g- going to give you some points today. <coughs> This is not an exhaustive list, but that's points to consider. I think number one, through understanding, understanding parental love. Um, In Proverbs twenty four, three, it says, by wisdom of a house is built, and by understanding it is established. I think um, I think those of you who are parents kind of understand what I'm saying. I don't mean to, like, those those of you who are not parents yet kind of degrade your position or kind of disrespect you, but you have a greater understanding of parenthood and understanding of even God, how he loves us when you become a parent. You have a different perspective, maybe even better perspective when you become a parent, right? Now, you can understand in Genesis 45 when it says, talking about Jacob and Joseph. So they went up to out of Egypt and they came to the land of Canaan and their father Jacob and they told him, Joseph is alive. He is the ruler of all the land of Egypt. And Joseph, in his, this is Jacob in his latter years and he was not well physically. He says, his heart became numb and he did not believe them. When they told him the words of Joseph, he said to them, when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of the father of jacob revived i think that means when he heard of this long lost son that he thought was pretty much dead he assumed he was dead there was a when he found out he's well i don't think it really mattered whether he was ruler of egypt or not to be frank with you but there was a physical reaction to him there was a physical reaction even knowing that his son is alive. I think that's a picture of, of Jacob's heart toward his son. This, his tired, old, broken body came revived, it says, when he heard that Joseph was alive. I think that's a picture of, of parents' love for children, and even in Luke 15. And there are other principles there, but the principle is just a father's love for their son, which is also ultimately portrays God's love for us. Right. And I love this favorite. So this is one of my favorite father-son his stories, and I've told it a couple Mother's Day occasions. So those of you who heard, you could do what you want in the next few minutes, but <laughs> those of you who didn't hear, I think I hope it'll warm your heart and also give you a picture of your parents' love for you, and ultimately it'll lead to God's love for us, understanding of that. And I read this in a um, book that Tim Russell wrote in um, Wisdom of Our Fathers. Tim Russell wrote a book about his dad, and many people wrote about their dads, and he actually made a book on stories about different parents, uh, different people and their fathers. There's a story of this young boy who grew up in New York, growing up in New York. He was a big Yankee fan. right? He grew up in New York he was a Yankee fan. He became came from a poor family. His dad was a New York City sanitation worker. Well, his dream was, as a young boy, he would listen to Yankee games to be able to go to Yankee Stadium and watch Yankees ball game. So he said, Dad, can we someday go to Yankees game? You know, they didn't have a whole lot of money, so he said, son, if you save up enough money, we'll, I'll take you to a Yankee game. Well, over time, he collected his money in a jar And saved up enough enough money for two tickets. You know, his father was not, he he worked a lot. He didn't have a lot of time for baseball and other extracurricular activities. But he said, I made a promise, I'll take you. So he worked on a Saturday in the morning. He said, I'll be back by 4 o'clock and then we'll go to the game. Well, 4 o'clock came, he didn't come. 30 minutes late, his dad came barging in the door and says, let's go. We, we might be a little late to the game, but we could still catch most of the game. Well, to him, this boy, it was one of the greatest days of his life. Right? It was one of the greatest days of his life to be able to go to a Yankee game. He said his father dozed off. He was tired. He worked all day, but he was still there for him. They enjoyed the game together. Today, to him, that was one of the glorious days of his life. He always, always wondered what his dad felt um, rem- if he remembered that day. And um, one day his father passed, and he was in his father's room cleaning up his stuff, and he found his diary. Um, in his diary, he found the two tickets to the Yankee game that they went many, many years ago when he was a child. So it meant a lot to his dad, right? So and there's a picture that's kind of like, Joseph's heart, I mean, Jacob's heart toward Joseph and a father's heart toward his son. And it's the parents' heart toward their children, their love, which also points to God's love for us even in a greater way, right? And sometimes it's a sad phenomenon when children often don't understand. It's it's important to honor our parents through understanding because when we don't understand our parents, it's a sad case even when they pass away, we don't understand them. It is a sad case. And I'm hoping what I say today will help somewhat prevent that. Is that the right perspective of our parents is that we're all sinners. Right? God knew this when he gave this commandment. He gave this commandment in a fallen world. Right? This is post-Eden. But yet, God says this. God knew there were no perfect parents. So, go back to what Paul said, the example. They were chief of sinners. If we're able to do that, I think we could honor our parents and we could understand our parents. Another principle of honoring parents this is for younger children um, through obedience. And I have to touch upon this, in Ephesians 6 says this because some of you may fall in the category, most of you. Don't fall in this category. I call it the rule of the roof. If parents are providing a roof over you, you may fall into this category. right? Some of you, maybe your parents are providing tuition for you to put the roof over you and to feed you. You may fall into this category. Right? Ultimately, our parents' job is, our greatest job is to ultimately to raise you so that you would be independent that you could go on your own and flourish but until then you may need care you will need care and during that time we need to respect and and obey our parents and has clearly um, demanded here in this text so it's important also as we get married um, in Genesis 2 it's the leave and cleave principle that we need to leave and cleave as well from our parents. But honor still goes on. So, That's why we need to leave and cleave in a proper way, like geographically, financially, emotionally, in all, all the sense, right? But until that happens, I think this, Ephesians 6.1, applies. Fourth way to, uh, I think, honor our parents is through listening. Listening to their counsel. In Proverbs 11.14 says, Abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs Proverbs 1.8 says, Hear my son, your father's instruction. Forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are graceful garlands for your head and pendants for your neck. You know, one fact that will never change is your parents will always be older than you. They will have lived life longer than you and often have more experience. Now, we know that just because you're older doesn't necessarily always equate to Wisdom. A life that is more exemplary, right? However, I think God ordains all our fathers or all our mothers in a way. So I'll point to you this way: is um, the former president uh, George W. Bush had a father who happened to be George H. W. Bush, um, uh, who was a president. How convenient is that, right? To have a father who was a president. Only one other time in history that happened, right? Um, Some of you are kind of like, who is that? Well, you should know that, so go look it up if you don't, okay? I won't call on your name. But, you know, George Bush, the the, the son, not only had a father who was not just, he was one of the most decorated Americans there was. At 18, he got into Yale and he then enlisted. For the war, he joined the army and he was a dive bomber. He um, flew 58 missions. One time he got shot down. By the grace of God, a submarine found him. His co-pilot was never found, right? He said there's no other day that he goes by that he doesn't think about him. But he somehow, by grace of God, they found him. He was floating in the middle of the Pacific and they found him, Right? Then he went to Yale. He was a Republican congressman from Texas twice. Then he became a Republican National Committee chairman in 1973. He was also chief of U.S. liaison to the People's Republic of China. Then he became the director of Central Intelligence Office agency, CIA. Then he became the vice president, then became the president. You had a father like that. Right? I mean, for a president, you can't ask for a perfect father to, with all that experience, that wealth. right? That's clearly evident in George W. Bush's life. However, in our lives, we all have parents that it's just as perfect as George W. Bush had because they are God-ordained, regardless of what we think. They are perfect because God ordained them. And it's God's perfect plan. They're not perfect people. Neither was George H.W. Bush was a perfect people, person. But they are. Our parents are. Our mothers are. They, God had made that mother to be mother to you in his perfect plan. Because we know God is perfect. Right? And His God's sovereignty. God had designed that. So it's important to understand, and understand, and then listen to their counsel because they are meant to be our counselors. Okay? And last, um, second to last, is through also giving them support through parenting um, our parents one day and protecting them. And First Timothy 5:8 says, "Those who won't care for his own relatives, especially those living in the same house, have denied what we believed." Honoring parents may someday require parenting parents, right? Those of you with older parents may understand. My mother is 78, and she's getting to that age where there's, um, Shakespeare said this, right? He said, once an adult, but twice a child, right? But your parents, our parents may need care as a young child or young baby would need, even the basic of physical care. It may happen. Sometimes they need emotional care, other needs. But it's a principle of James 127. Pure and undefiled religion is taking care of um to, to visit orphans and widows. Right. I believe this principle also applies to the Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. (coughs) Whether it could be tangible or intangible. They may need financial help, economic help. They may need your time. They need your care. Their needs will, over time, change drastically. And some of you have parents who may be sick, who are battling a disease. right? And they may need you in those times. Not only just your prayers, but your support, your love, and your maybe even physical care. They may, they're going to become, or they may become uh, no longer productive members of the society and they'll be dependent, maybe largely on you. Right? You know, you hear in modern day, it's kind of atrocious to see children kind of divorcing their parents it is sad to see that such a thing happen in our culture. In our culture, it happens to be a youth-oriented culture, youth-honoring culture, where it has become possibly a backward-facing culture where people honor youth instead of uh, those who are wise and older. You know, in Mark 10, 19, Jesus condemns the Pharisees for their subtle evasion of the fifth commandment to the responsibility to elderly parents. All right. You know, in the autumn years of our parents' life, they may need us, may even make decisions for us, a decision for them. And they may be, even become unreasonable where their mental faculty is not all there. but we cannot throw out these things, the difficulty. We ask God for grace. And lastly in this category, through loving their souls, particularly this addresses unbelieving parents. As Christ in Matthew 9 had compassion for them when he saw the crowds, we need to have compassion for our unbelieving parents, unbelieving mothers. J.C. Ryle says we need to be lovers of their souls. He said that in reference to children, but Again, twice a child. um, We need to love their souls if our parents have yet to find Christ. As much as a parent has eyes for their children's souls, we need to have eyes for our parents, their souls, their eternal destiny. Because the hardcore reality is with any soul on this earth, our parents, equally so, they may stand condemned. It is frightening for a parent to see their child possibly condemned one day by our Lord. And it should be equally frightening to think that our parents will stand condemned, that they will be judged. No one could escape that. Without the imputed righteousness of Christ, No one without the forgiveness of sin that only comes through Christ, they will stand condemned and be judged. We need to minister to them. You know, there are a couple, what about, I want to talk to you about. What about? Um, very sensitive areas. So I'm not going to go too deep, and I don't want to get myself in trouble, right? There are in-laws, right? What about in-laws, right? I get smiles on faces. So what about in-laws? And what about parents are not so honorable? First, what about in-laws in our lives? It's that J. Adams wrote, perhaps the most difficult of all human relationship is to dealing with in laws relationship, Right? I won't go too deep into this, but I think I have to. I want to touch upon this real quickly. Just a proper view. You know, it is true. I believe that when we get married, we marry not only the person but also the family. Right? These parents have raised them, so it's dishonorable to disregard them. Right? I think honor. Um, ab- Leaving and cleaving does not absolve children of honoring their parents. They are parents. You are one flesh relationship, and they are parents of your spouse. Therefore, because we are one flesh, they need to be honored as well. Ruth, in the Old Testament, honored her mother-in-law, Naomi. God blessed her with her husband, Boaz. And long-range result was what? Is the line, lineage of David and ultimately of Christ, right? I think the biblical principle of honoring our parents also includes in-laws. What if our parents are not so worthy of honor? Right. You know, you may ask the question. And I hope this doesn't apply to all of you, but it may. Is that what if you have been abused emotionally? Or physically, and you may ask the question. Then you are suffering, and you will suffer for that rest of your life, perhaps. You're suffering today, and they are not. You consider them not worthy of respect. Um, You know, firstly, if you have suffered in these ways, there's not much I could tell you to capture and to sympathize and say something to you to take away that pain and hurt. The thought of you honoring your abused, per, abusive parents seems utterly impossible. Um, but I would encourage you, the only thing I could do is to encourage you to pursue healing through forgiveness and focus on what Christ has done. Remember, our value comes from what Christ has done. We are precious to him. He has forgiven us. He gave up his life for us, and we have value because of that. And it even covers Christ's blood is so great, so loving, so gracious, it covers the sins of your parents. That may not take away your pain. I hope that it'll give you perspective. Right? Although you have right to be bitter, angry. And they may not deserve your love. I think you're only responsible in a way for your life, ultimately, how you respond. And I pray that God will comfort you and give you healing. But you remember, secondly, God is God of this commandment, is God of truth and God of grace. He is giver of mercy and grace. Right. He is patient with us as he's patient with your parents. God knows that honoring those who hurt you or harmed you, especially if they're your parents, left scars that are humanely impossible to heal. But you could take heart in knowing that God's grace is sufficient for all things. Christ is sufficient for you in all things. Although you may feel feel impossible to get over those things, it is sufficient for you. Focus on Christ and the beauty of the cross to overcome what has been done. And think about this. What is more Christ-like when we honor our parents when they have hurt us and still acknowledge that they were God-ordained and we honor them? The most important thing is not necessarily maybe even for them. It honors God. Honoring our parents, even abusive parents, maybe even more, will honor God. God commends you. God, as God ordains every ruler and authority, there's no dictator, president, or kings that are not in their pos- they're in their position and God does not know about. They're in there because God ordained that to happen and he's in control. And sometimes in this life, we may not understand these things. But in the next life, we may. It can be done because we recognize that God has appointed them. A child who honors an unworthy, unkind parent does so because he or she recognizes that God appointed them to hold this position of authority and you are submitting to the sovereignty of God and that is Christ-like. And I'll also point to you, Genesis 37. In the story of Genesis 37 to 50, the story of Jacob and Joseph, and ultimately Joseph, he ends up in the land of Egypt. And what does he say for about his brothers? Although they meant for evil, they meant to hurt me, but God meant it for the good. So just as a conclusion, um, just a few thoughts. In many ways, um, honoring parents is a gauge or barometer. It may be a gauge or barometer for our faith. Especially, again, the last issue I tackled with parents who may have hurt you. But having faith in God, that God ordained that, and God is in control of that. God understands your hurt, and Christ can allow you to mend those hurts, and you could have faith in that. That's a faithful person who puts their trust in God who is sovereign. All right. So, therefore, honoring our parents is always a result of our faith, strength of our relationship with God. And as a result, we have an honorable relationship. with our our parents, our earthly parents. And one of the greatest things that we think we could honor, I could put it in that other category, but one of the greatest things that we could honor our parents, ultimately, as Paul said in 2 Timothy 1, follow the parents of sound words that you have heard from me in faith and love that are in Jesus Christ, is that greatest winner to honor our parents is to follow Christ himself. Now, what do you, you may say, what if my parents are unbelievers? Um, I think it still applies. It may not be in this life, but in the next life, they will know. I think it happens in this life. It's a great thing. Right? For a, As a Christian parent, to see your children follow Christ is one of the most beautiful things that could happen. Like I see uh, my daughter Lindsay, she's flourishing through Grace Community Church. She's being shepherded. She's growing. You know, um, I am so thankful. Even my son, he's been baptized. He's trying to follow Christ. I see growth in him. I see Christ doing work in his life. There's no greater way and my older children have honored me that way. So what if your parents are unbelievers? But one day, we God forbid, if they become believers, they'll realize on this life. But even if they may not realize in this life, maybe in next life, because all of us will go and meet our maker. On that day, they will know that you have honored them. Right. On that day, All of us will know, right? And they will know, right? They will know. Maybe not in this life, right? So I thank God for all of you who are honoring your parents through your faith to persevere in your faith, live out your faith as Christians, as loving children, and all those things, and ultimately as a Christian. So on this Mother's Day, I would just um, exhort you. The greatest gift that you could give them is your faith and your love for Christ. I don't think, as a Christian father and a Christian parent, I don't think I could ask too much more than that. But beyond that, know that God has granted us the gift of parents, whether they're wise or unwise, or even harmed you. God is sovereign over all things. Remember our ultimate Father who is in heaven, who loved you, and led you to Christ, and saved you, and gave us the greatest gift in our Savior. He loves you, and you could overcome your hurt, all the pain that may have existed in the past. And with that, we could honor our parents and be thankful on this mother's day let's pray our heavenly father we give you thanks for this day thanks for this give you thanks for the opportunity to consider our moms our parents and consider your love for us we thank you for the gift of our earthly parents earthly moms that you have sovereignly appointed that you have ordained over our lives and to be included um to raise us, to guide us, to shepherd us. And even on top of that, that you have given to some of us the gift of believing parents who have paved the way and helped us on that road to meet you, to receive, grant, and then be granted the forgiveness of sin. And we give you praise for your faithfulness. In all things, would you grant us um, grace to honor our parents as you have told us, and ultimately, we know that honoring our parents on this earth honors you, that we want to exalt you. Will you grant us grace to do that? And we also pray for people in this, uh, midst, on our midst today who have had difficult relationships with our, their parents and, and it's difficult to honor them. Will you grant them grace? Help them to trust you. Help them to f- uh, have faith in the sufficiency that is in Christ and the grace that's been given through him, and that, that you would grant them a um, heart of love for the unlovable, perhaps. And we pray that um, there will be a healing, there will be forgiveness, and ultimately just communion with you in following this command of honoring our parents. We grant this grace to honor our parents, and ultimately so that we would enable to be honor you. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name.